Hello and welcome to Contact Kai. Today is Tu Bishvat, the new year of the trees, when we celebrate the wonderful bounty of our leafy friends. But in a place like Chicago, there isn't exactly a lot of new greenery coming in right about now. In dreary months and dismal times, how can we choose hope over despair, action over apathy, to plant the seeds for a future we may not even live to see? Take it away, Rabbi. So I want to ask a seemingly simple question that uh, Sophie might have actually given us a bit of a hint about. Does anybody know, what was the first mitzvah, what was the first commandment given to the Israelites? I heard a, I heard a, oh, somebody said, well, that, that, I mean, Rosh Hodesh. Rosh Hodesh was actually the first commandment given to the Israelites. I was not expecting some, I mean, I thought this is an educated crowd. I thought we might get, I thought at least somebody would say like the first commandment, right? Um, but no, exactly. Rosh, what's your name? David. Thank you, David. That actually is, right? We nailed it. This, this is, this is a joyful moment. I love this. This is so good. This is so good. Right, an understandable answer might have been, right, the first commandment, or as Sophie was explaining, right, the uh, commandment of keeping Passover, but actually right before, right before that mitzvah is given, um, as the Israelites are at their cusp of liberation from slavery in Egypt, the first is the institution of a calendar. Ha-chodesh hazelachem rosh chodeshim. This month, God says, this month, that you are experiencing freedom for the first time. This month will be the first of the month of the year to you. God gives the Israelites a way of keeping time that is different and distinct from how they have marked the painful passage of these last 400 years in captivity. A new calendar for a new people. So I want us to picture this moment. At the Passover Seder, we're actually meant to tell the story of the Exodus, the chapters we just read, as if we had experienced them ourselves. And so I want you to employ that same immersive imagination right now. After a lifetime of degradation, the Israelites have just witnessed a succession of terrible and terrifying plagues to bring about a freedom they have neither known nor could ever. So I want us to picture these plagues. Entire rivers turn to blood. This is going to be a little gruesome. Entire rivers turn to blood. Swarms of frogs, bodies covered in lice and flies. Fields filled with the carcasses of cows and sheep. Faces disfigured by boils to the point of being unrecognizable. Fire raining from the sky. Crops stripped bare by clouds of locusts so thick that they blot out the sky. And then darkness, so deep that you couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. And then Moses stands before them and says to prepare for this final plague, this tenth plague, the horrifying retribution to Pharaoh's earlier decree of murdering newborn Israelites. The death of the firstborn, 
avoidable only by smearing the blood of a freshly slaughtered lamb on the doorposts and lintel of your house. And the reason I offer these gruesome and visceral images is to give us a sense of how absurd that first commandment must have felt to the Israelites. They are standing in the midst of incomprehensible devastation, called towards an uncertain future by a man they have never met, who honestly seems more Egyptian than Israelite, and a God barely recognized by their ancestral memory. And then they're told to adopt a new calendar. This month will be the first month of the year for you. But I think there's a powerful message in this commandment. Rabbi Megan Goldmarch wrote in a short reflection yesterday that was sent to some colleagues of mine that in the midst of one of the most terrifying moments in Israelite history, God and Moses paused to let the people know, we are creating history. We are creating a moment that will remain with your descendants forever. The institution of a calendar is a reminder that they stand at one point in the long arc of history. And I don't say this to deny their fear or uncertainty, but to remind them that they and their ancestors, that is us and our ancestors, have traversed obstacles greater than the difficult path set before them. Or to borrow a quote from what I believe is the greatest movie of all time. This is a fact, not an opinion. (laughs) Although we know there is much to fear, we were moving mountains long before we knew we could a song immortalized by Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey, the Prince of Egypt folks. It's such a good movie, right? Thank you. It is such a good movie. It is such a good movie. The Rambam teaches that by instituting a new calendar at this moment, our spiritual compass is constantly oriented toward the miracle of our collective liberation. And it's lesson that the world that we see as it is now is not the only one possible, and perhaps more importantly, that we have the will and the fortitude to make the journey from the world that is to the one that could be. Throughout our history, this knowledge has sustained us against impossible odds. Rabbi Nachman of Bratislav teaches the world is a very narrow bridge, and the key is to not allow fear to consume you. And so how do we allay this despair? By looking back on all of the narrow bridges that our ancestors have walked, beginning with that first improbable journey from slavery to freedom. And so I believe, imagine that for many people in this room, this seems clear that we have found ourselves in one of those moments now. We as a community, we as a world stand on a narrow bridge, caught between the devastating heartbreak we feel among ourselves and the rage sometimes dangerously misdirected of a world convulsing in pain. Our tradition calls our attention toward the particular to care for and defend our own while also demanding that we open our hearts to the universal with compassion for and an obligation to protect the other, to protect everyone else as well. And there are those in this room who are also piecing together lives broken by illness, both physical and mental, or the end of a relationship or job loss, while also trying to hold the fragments of a world rent by catastrophe, some of which we have contributed to, some of which we have played no part in, but all of which we are responsible for helping fix. And so in this moment, 
when despair seems so tempting and the way forward seems so unclear, our tradition says, look back, look back. And by looking back, move forward. This month will be the first month of the year for you, a reminder when nothing seems possible that we have overcome the impossible many, many times before. Our job is to simply take that next step. And so this week, as I mentioned, we will observe Tubishvat, the New Year of the Trees. This is one of the four New Years we have in the Jewish calendar. And if you want to know why, ask me after services. I'm happy to talk to you about that. I actually love celebrating this holiday in a place like Chicago, which is decidedly not green right now. It's, it's, yeah, it's very, it's very, very bleak outside. Because it reminds us that in the middle of the unyielding winter of the seeds buried just under that frozen soil, which will sprout and grow and flourish in just a few months when the spring arrives. And we can't see them now, but we do know that they are there. We know that they're waiting. By choosing hope over despair, by choosing action over apathy, by taking that next step forward, even though we don't know where the journey might lead us, who knows what seeds we are planting in this moment that will one day grow into something new, something unexpected, something that we couldn't even imagine at this moment in time. Perhaps these are the seeds of peace or the seeds of comfort and healing or the seeds of understanding and connection. And it is my hope that in this winter of our world and of our lives and of our community, that we might see these seeds one day blossoming. But if not in our time, if not in our time, may our children and our children's children enjoy their fruit and look back with gratitude so that they can also look forward with courage as well. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Shabbat Replay is a production of Mishkan Chicago. Our theme music was composed and performed by Kalman Strauss. You can always see where and when our next service will be on our calendar. There's a link in the show notes. And if you appreciated the program, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I know you've heard it before, but it really does help. On behalf of Team Mishkan, thank you for listening. Thank you.